bad guys win, and I'm not talking about the New England Patriots, okay? Some of you felt they were the bad guys that, um, that won. I have to be honest. I, I didn't care who won the Super Bowl, but I kept running into so many people that hated the Patriots that I started to cheer for them, all right? So when they came back and won, it was fine with me. It didn't matter. I didn't have a dog in the fight, all right? So um any rate, um, Psalm 37 is a psalm that is one of the mountain peak psalms. There's Psalm 23, Psalm 37, Psalm 46, um, Psalm 121 are some of the the major peak psalms, and there are others. But um, Psalm 37 and Psalm 73 share a lot of similarities. Maybe God did that for those that struggle with getting numbers right, all right? But uh, at any rate, Psalm 37 is very applicable in our lives. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Um, you can just set them there, any you have left. Psalm 37 is not a psalm that was written from some academic viewpoint that had never experienced these things. It was born out of personal experience in dealing with the very wicked people and very difficult situations in his life. And he begins by saying, fret not thyself because of evildoers. He uses the word fret not in verse 1, in verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospers in his way. And also in verse 8, cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. So three times in the first eight verses, he's commanding us not to fret. The Hebrew word really means to burn. Don't work yourself up into a slow burn or even a fast burn, okay? When... And he's saying, when you see evil men prospering. Now, the piece of paper, what I want you to write down, what is something that you are prone to fret about? Prone to get a slow burn going in you. Or maybe a fast burn. What? And some of you have already said, this paper is way too small. How many of you already thought that, right? Some of you did. Well, write small, okay? But I, you don't need to put any names, and, and I'm going to use this just as an illustration, and then we'll destroy them, okay? So, but what is it? Um, how many of you here say, I, I never fret about anything? Is there anyone here that, that would say that? Okay, good. So we have honesty ruling here today. That's a good thing. Now, we can relate to this. Every one of us have things that, that we end up fretting about, that we might be fretting about right now. 
And sometimes it may be something that just kind of eats at us. Sometimes we're, we look at someone or some circumstance and situation, and, and it just immediately starts that burning in us. And it immediately gets these emotions going, and, and we wrestle, and we turn it over in our minds, in our hearts, and, and sometimes we talk to others about it. And, and David is dealing with the real-life situation, and, and he says, I don't want you to allow this to get under your skin. And he specifically says, about evildoers. When you see evildoers, fret not thyself because of evildoers. Neither be envious against the workers of iniquity. So he's saying, you look at someone that's working iniquity, and they may seem to be prospering. He says, don't be envious of them. Don't be fretting about that. Um, don't let that get under your skin. It will only lead you in the wrong direction. In verse 8, fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. You start fretting and then you end up going in the wrong direction. The things that we get angry about are often the result of the burning in our, in our soul, the fretting that is there. And it oftentimes shows a lack of submission to the sovereignty of God. In, in other words, we're saying, God, I don't like the way you're running things. It's not fair. They don't deserve to be getting what they're getting. Maybe there you see the wicked prospering and you're thinking, they don't deserve that. Or you may be thinking, you know, it's not fair. I should be getting better than what I am getting. And so then we fret about why are they getting this or why is this happening to them, a good thing and it's not happening to me, or why is this bad thing happening to me, and and it seems to them that good things are happening. Or you may be thinking, if people really knew what a rascal that person was, they wouldn't be saying anything good about them. And, and we get fretting about these things, and we get built up about them. And David says, don't do that. Don't get caught fretting yourself about evildoers. So um, if I could have some guys just pass, pass your sheets, your papers to the aisles, and if I could have some guys pick them up and, and just bring them up here and set them in this chair, Okay. And no, I'm not going to pick them up and read them out loud. Mrs. J is fretting about Mr. J or anything. And I don't know why I picked J. I'm not picking on anybody with your initials are J, okay? So, um, so we're taking a new offering today, the fretting offering. There we go, all right? Now, he said, don't fret because of evildoers. And every one of us in our life have have situations where we've fretted about, that is just not right. They are not telling the truth. It's fake news or whatever it is, you know. You, but you may fret about these things. And he says, no, I don't want you to fret about, about evildoers. I don't want you to fret about him that prospers in his way. 
I don't want you to fret about him that brings wicked devices to pass. So he, he mentions right up here. We'll bring these up here. Okay, so um, it's one thing to say, don't fret about it. But he gives us the solution to it. And over and over again in this psalm, he says, realize the solution. Realize what happens to the wicked. When I fret about the wicked, they're prospering, they're, they're doing well, people think well of them and they don't really know them. Wait a minute, realize what happens to the wicked. He uses terms like they will be cut off. They are broken. They are no more. And, and notice, as, as we go through this psalm, I'm just going to show you how often he brought this to mind. Verse 2, For they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Okay? They shall soon be cut down as the grass. Verse 9, For evildoers shall be cut off. Verse 10, for yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. That means they cease to exist. They shall not be. Yea, you shall diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. Verse 13, the Lord, the, verse 12 says, the wicked plotteth against the just and seeks to gnash upon him with his teeth. And it says, the Lord will laugh at him. Why? Because he sees that his day is coming. He sees the end of the wicked, that he will be cut off. Um, Verse 15, the wicked, it says in verse 14, have drawn out their sword, and they have bent their bow to cast down the mighty and to slay the righteous. But it says their sword shall enter into their own heart, and their bow shall be broken. Notice what it says, their bow shall be broken. Their their ability to inflict damage on others will be totally removed. This is what he's saying about the wicked. Then he says in verse 17, the arms of the wicked shall be broken. I mean, he's using some strong terms here. Notice if you look in verse 20. But the wicked shall perish, and the enemies of the Lord shall be as the fat of lambs. They shall consume into smoke, shall they consume away. Verse 22, For such as be blessed of him shall inherit the earth, and they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. Verse 28, Are you getting the point here, what happens to the wicked? Verse 28, for the Lord loveth judgment and forsaketh not his saints. They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. Notice verse 34, wait on the Lord and keep his way and he shall exalt thee to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, thou shalt see it. Verse 35, I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a mighty tree, a green bay tree. What does it say the next verse? Yet he passed away 
and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but could not. he could not be found. Verse 38, but the transgressors shall be destroyed. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. Do you understand how many times David says, don't fret, three times he says that, about the wicked, but then over ten times, I didn't take the time to count them, close to fifteen, I think, he's using words like, they will be cut off, they will be broken, they will be no more. We had a tree at our place that had, the wind had damaged it, and and it was an ash tree, and the ash borer is coming. It was just not a good tree anymore. And so the other day I went out and I I cut it off. And now all you walk by there is a there is a, a little stump in the ground about that. That tree is gone. That's the exact picture. He said, the wicked appeared as this great, great tree, but it will be cut off. Did you hear what the United Nations is doing? Did you hear what? It's a great tree. Don't fret about this stuff. Why? Get the right picture. It will be cut off. It will be no more. It will be broken. All the devices of the wicked. Somebody's lying about you. They're aiming at you. They're saying bad things about you. Don't worry. Truth will prevail. It will, their bow will be broken. And he didn't just say, don't fret. Oh man, not supposed to fret. He says, no, realize the end of the wicked. You understand? Here's here's what most of the news is. Oh, did you hear about this? Oh, in Des Moines. Oh no, they're shooting people in Des Moines. Good night. Can't even go to Des Moines. Have you been to the South Side of Des Moines lately? Have you seen what's going on? That's where we live, right? And it becomes our life. And we fret and we fret. And before we know it, we're thinking ungodly thoughts about people. And we're thinking ungodly things about the situation. And we're just like the world. There's no hope. And David said, man, I have seen the wicked prospering. He saw his own son in rebellion against him, taking over the kingdom and prospering. But he said, remember how this ends. He says, they will be cut off. They'll be broken. They'll be no more. But he doesn't stop there. He says, fret not, but focus on God. Notice, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. Then he turns, trust in the Lord, and do good. Delight thyself also in the Lord. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Rest in the Lord 
The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, he keeps saying over and over again. And, and he's bringing us to this fact that there is no room for fretting if we remember that God is ours and we are his and that there is every incentive for sacred enjoyment of the most elevated and most ecstatic kind in the name of God, in the attribute of God, in the word of God, and in the actions of God. Our problem is our focus is on these things. These things that, that, oh, what am I going to do about this? And, oh, they just drive me crazy. And why is this happening? And, and our focus is on that. And what he's saying is focus on God. Think about it. This last week, where was your focus? Was it on the things that we fret about or was our focus on God? I mean, he reminds us that God is faithful in verse 3, and we don't have the time to go through. But I encourage you to just make Psalm 37 a psalm that you saturate in. He draws our attention that God is faithful. He mentions to us that God brings righteousness. Verse 6, he shall bring forth thy righteousness as thy light and thy judgment as the noonday. Verse 17, for the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. He brings forth righteousness. Verse 24, though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. He knows our needs. I mean, these are things, okay? So here, we're, we're going we're gonna to let this represent God, all right? I have a choice. I can fret by focusing on this, or I can focus on God. God is faithful. God is a, a merciful God. God, and, and to look at the attributes of God. Verse 18, I can realize that God knows. God knows the days of the upright. So here's my situation, and it may not be right, and you say this isn't right, but I'm going to focus on God. God knows what is right. God knows what I need. God knows my heart. God knows. And he directs, verse 23, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And when you walk in his steps, you will find delight. So here I am, and, and I'm tempted to fret and worry about this. But no, I'm, I'm going to choose to focus on God. And some of you are already thinking, well, you can't just stick your head in the sand and holier than thou and forget about this. Okay, so I focus on God, and I lay this to God, and God gives me directions. If there's something he wants me to do with this, he will direct me. This is what I want you to do with it. Okay? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And as I take those steps, this is what God has directed me to do. As I take those steps, I find delight. And when I find delight in the Lord, then it brings me back. Man, God, you are so good. Whoa, your ways are right. We know it here 
but we all need to experience it by trusting him. And so he says, I want you to focus on God. God gives direction. He gives delight. He strengthens us. He, he upholds us with his hand, it says in verse um, 24, verse 39. But the salvation of the righteous is of the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. In other words, I'm focusing on God. You may say, you have no clue what I have ahead of me this week. There, I don't see any way that I can get through this. If you focus on God, it says, He is their strength in the time of trouble. You have no idea what trouble I am in. But if all your focus is on this... Then you miss this. You focus on God and you bring it to God and you lay it before God and you say, God, I am trusting you. And when we focus on God, he supernaturally strengthens us. He is our strength. And verse 28, God loves justice. For the Lord loveth judgment and he forsaketh not his saints They are preserved forever, but the seed of the wicked shall be cut off. God loves justice, meaning truth will prevail. An atheist farmer ridiculed those who believed in God. He wrote a letter to the local newspaper in which he boasted. He said, I plowed on Sunday. I planted on Sunday. I cultivated on Sunday. This was back in the old days, okay? I hauled my crops on Sunday, but I never went to church. Not one Sunday did I ever go to church. Yet I hauled in more bushels per acre than anyone who believes in God and goes to church. He wrote that letter to the editor. They published it in the paper. And the editor printed the letter and then added this remark. The Lord doesn't always settle his accounts in October. They prosper as a great tree. But how is it in the end? Justice will prevail. So fretting about it. Why is this happening? Why is this going on? And and what am I going to do about it? No, rather than fret, Focus on God, and then you will have delight in your way um, as we trust him, as we obey. It can be summed up, as he said here, that there will be delight in the Lord. Someone said the reason many apparent Christians do not delight in God is that we don't know him very well. And the reason we don't know him very well is that we do not spend time with him. That's where it comes back to focusing on God. The more you get to know him, the more you'll love him. The more you love him, the more you obey him. The more you obey him, the more he'll be honored and the more delight you have. Think about it. As you focus on God, that God loves me, Understanding God loved me enough 
to take all my sin and pay the penalty for my sin, death. He died on the cross. He took my place. I should have been the one that was crucified because of my sin. You should have been the one that was crucified. But no, Jesus Christ took my place and he offers to me the free gift of forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And now, if I just focused on that principle alone, that would make me say, why do I need to worry about that? I know someone that loves me enough to forgive my sins and to save my soul. I have received him for the forgiveness of sins. I am his child forever. Why do I need to go back here and live in the land of fretfulness? There is delight in the Lord. So, fret not, focus on God, and then get busy. And let me just quickly show you from this psalm, get busy. Verse 3, trust in the Lord and do good. We sometimes get the idea, oh, okay, Pastor, you're saying just pray about it, trust God, and just sit back and, okay, God, do something. No, 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 no. Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and he will direct your steps. He'll show you the things to do. Do good. Do you understand? We get caught up fretting and here we are. Oh, man. Did you, do you know what's going on here? Do you, do you know this is how bad it is? And and they're getting by with it. Why isn't somebody doing something about this? No. I now focus on God. And I rejoice that he'll take care of all that. The wicked will be cut down. I don't need to worry about that. And now God wants me to go about not focusing on this, not thinking about this, but to go about and do good. So, okay, God, what is it? Today, what good can I do to people? From as simple as a smile, to a thank you, to praying for them, to sharing the gospel with them. to It's limitless. But Satan gets a sidetrack. We're over here fretting. And we're not doing good. Get busy. Do good. Get busy. Show mercy. Verse 21 The wicked borroweth and payeth not again. And some of you are saying, boy, right away it's come to your mind. Yeah, for sure. You you know someone in your life that has borrowed from you and they have not paid you back. You can focus on that. But the righteous showeth mercy and giveth. Freely I have received the mercy of God. Freely I should show mercy. So the guy at work is kind of grumpy with you. Don't grump back at him. Show mercy. Look for ways to do good. Focus on God. Look for ways to do good. Show mercy. Verse 27. Depart from evil and do good. So you stay away from evil. And there again, he brings it back and do good. Do good. Depart from evil. And do good, verse 30, 
The mouth of the righteous speaketh wisdom. So speak wisdom. Here, a lot of these things that we're fretting about, we're fretting because it's lies. It's not right. It's hypocrisy. It's, well, we need to speak the truth. It's speaking the truth. Speak wisdom that draws people back to the truth. So it, it means, so you're, you're upset here, and I'll, I'll use this illustration, okay? You're, you're upset about um, government funding going to Planned Parenthood. Okay, so what are you going to do about it? Well, you understand that in the end, God wins. God's going to take care of everything. But you also understand that there's a lot of lies. I don't really want to go here, but I'm already here, so i got to cross the stream, okay? It's not that I don't want to go here, just I don't have a lot of time, so quit talking about how much time I don't have and talk about what I need to talk about, okay? That's all that's going on in my head right now. Do you understand? Do you understand? We're taking money away from the care of women. Where are women going to get their care? No, speak the truth. In the state of Iowa right now, they're taking the money from Planned Parenthood, which is an abortion mill, and they're giving it to many, many more times women's clinics that are going to provide care for women that does not include abortion. Without getting into it, isn't that right? Many more times the same money. So all these lies. And we get out here and we say, "Eh, that's not true, and we get mad about it. Well, tell the guys at work and tell the women at work that, wait a minute, do you understand what's going on here? It's not just leaving women without health provision. In fact, it's providing much better for them. That's speaking wisdom. See, it's not just we sit back here and do nothing and say, oh, well, God's going to win. Bring it on, God. No, that's the mentality we have so we don't get angry at the wicked to realize God will take care of the wicked in their day. We need to speak wisdom. Verse 31 The law of his God is in his hearts, and none of his steps shall slide. We need to personalize the word of God. We need to focus on God and memorize scripture so that the law of God is in my heart, so that my steps will not slide. That's why we memorize scripture personalizing the Word of God. That's why you study Scripture and you personalize it. What did I get out of Scripture today? What does it mean? How can I live this out of my life? So see, in a nutshell, Psalm 37. This is the cleft notes of of Psalm 37. How many of you know what cleft notes are? Okay, those of you cheated on things like I did, all right? It wasn't cheating. It was wisdom. Why waste your time reading these big, thick books when you can read cleft notes like that and get the same thing? Anyway, shut up. Okay, I'm not to you I wasn't saying that. To me I was, okay? Here it is, Psalm 37. Fret not 
focus on God and get busy. And you're saying, why do you take 35 minutes to say all that? Because repetition is the key to learning. Fret not. Every one of us have personal things that we fret about, and we need to say, wait a minute, God will take care of that. And it might not be a wicked person. It might be a professing Christian that we're fretting about. But God will take care of it, whatever. We don't even know the full detail. But God will take care of it. Focus on God. We have so little God in our life that, that we're blown out of the water with anything. If we would turn our focus, that's why we're saying, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Heavenly Father, I pray that we would be brought as a result of Psalm 37, that we would be brought to a focus on you, to a delight in you that we've never had before. Lord, forgive me and forgive us for turning our focus on all these things that draw us away from you that we choose to fret about. And Lord, I pray that as we turn our focus to you, I know you will direct our steps, and then, Lord, I pray that we would go about doing good, showing mercy, personalizing your word, and, Lord, that you would be honored. Lord, I pray if there's one here today who has never called upon you for the forgiveness of sins, have never received what you've done for them, Lord, I pray today, They would come to call upon you and know that they are a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray today that there would be Christians that whatever they wrote on this paper, that they truly would leave it and focus on you and obey your directions on doing good. Lord, Thank you for ministering in and through the life of David. Thank you for the reminder of how things end and what an encouragement that is. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together.